Welcome to episode 115 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharper. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hey, comic book fans. It is Monday night, August 3rd, and tonight we're going to discuss Channing Tatum and Gambit. Do we need him? Do we not need him? Who's asking for a Gambit movie in the first place? And we're also going to talk comic book artwork and should it get the negative connotation of comic book artwork or should it be held to a higher standard these days because it's become such a larger part of the general culture before we get into such heady topics we're going to take it down to the gutter with housekeeping with Ian Sharpley down in classy we never do down in the gutter mcsauce.com you can find reviews of the comic books that we love, the comic strips that we create, and this podcast featuring Matt, Paul, and myself. You can get the podcast in a variety of different ways. iTunes, you can go to Stitcher. It will have the last five podcast episodes on Stitcher. You can also stream on Podomatic. And for all you fans of the classic episodes, the oldies but goodies, go to mixsaucepodcast.com libsyn liberated syndicate.com for all your mcsauce goodness if you want to see the mcsauce comic book podcast in person well this weekend you're in luck you can go to monroeville pa for the steel city con friday through sunday we'll be there dishing out all the good mcsauceness we'll have buttons t-shirts Prints, good times, jokes, just a variety of fun things at the Steel City Con. A little bit of everything, I think. Yeah, I think we've really upped our convention game. This is already the third convention. From the long ago Baltimore Comic Con of 2013, where it was me, Ian, and a table of business cards. That's true. And... Half the time, not even me and you, because we were so uh, not involved, should I say, that we would just go down to Subway and hang out half the time. But now we've got buttons, prints, comics. Matt Cassell. Matt Cassell. Dominic Yossi. I like how buttons, prints, and, and... In and your dynamic talents, motherfucker! Yeah, but buttons and prints came first, and oh, and me. Saving the best for second to last. <laughs> if you don't like any of those things, you can go and check out Adam West and Burt Ward, Julie oh, Newmar. Don't bury the lead. Ralph Macchio. Oh, Billy Zabka. That's true. Martin Cove. Your Karate Kid triple play. Tom Savini. Eh. Joey Lawrence Adams. Joey Lauren Adams? Lauren Lawrence. If it was, you know what, if it was Joey Lawrence, wouldn't that be be all in? Because that would be Martin Lawrence's wife, I guess? Right? No, it would be fucking Joey Joey Lawrence. Lawrence. Oh, Joey Lawrence from, oh, from Blossom. (laughs) I thought we were creating a new character here. That's what I thought I was. Martin's wife figure into Joey Lawrence because it's Martin Lawrence. Don't be an asshole. I mean, I Ugh. I got where you were going. I made the interracial Martin Lawrence connection. 
by Joey Lawrence. Ah, I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. But from Blossom. I wish that was happening. So I, any of I do too. I watch them every week on Melissa and Joey on ABC Family. Do you really? That's a shit show. He's out, He actually has really good comedic timing. He's a very funny guy. I can't help it. Underrated talent. I'm a big Melissa Joan Hart fan, but that show. Melissa Juice Hart. <gasps> So, Steel City Con will not be featuring Martin Lawrence's fictitious <laughs> wife. But it will have... Name, Joey? Joey Lawrence Adams. <laughs> she hyphenated. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing. You can ask her about her husband, Martin. funny. So, and as well, there will be our friends there. Garrett Free... One of our, uh, he, he has been at all the other appearances that we've had this year. As far as a stranger goes, we've seen him a lot right. this year. He at was some not, point, he was he's not in Philadelphia, though. We, he, he wasn't there with us. No, he was at Free Comic Book Day and Altoona, so two out of three. I don't, I don't three. think he classifies as a stranger anymore. That's how frequently we've seen him. Yeah. Arcadian Knights writer Garrett Free as well as our friends and co-hosts from the Miracle Elixir Show, Dylan and Darcy Mahaffey. So if you actually want to be entertained by, I don't know if they'll do fire breathing, but they do pain, a pain show. You can probably talk Dylan into hammering a nail into his face. I don't think you have to talk him into it. He does that, but yeah, I think fire codes Ian prohibit them. I saw that a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was disturbing. So they'll definitely be doing that. They also do mind reading, and I'm sure other things that are actually entertaining besides what we would do, which is just make fun of people and stare at butts all day. Mm -hmm. So the Miracle Elixir Show is something that you should check out at Steel City Con this weekend. And one last bit of housekeeping, the Gearbox Union, our good friends up in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Go to GearboxUnion.com. You can stream their show on the, from their website. You can also find them on iTunes, and you can watch their videos on their YouTube channel. We're in some kind of nebulous podcast fight with them. I don't know if it's really a fight. It's I don't know what it is because we don't have any rules. We're going to have to... Ah, uh, it's a street fight. It's a street fight. No rules. It's like Rocky... Rocky 4? 5. Rocky 5. Rocky 5. I'm watching a... Um, Tommy Gunn. Like a like a documentary on YouTube. YouTube's a wonderful tool, by the way. If you guys don't know, for finding videos, like kind of weird montages, more obscure videos, things like that. And I stumbled across the... The, the Rocky kind of documentary that was like on the Biography Channel where it chronicles the making of Rocky uh, through all um, through all six movies. And so far, it's about almost two hours long, I think. And I've gotten through the first movie. Um, do, do we have any Rocky fans here? You guys big Rocky fans? I think this is a Rocky house. This is a Rocky yeah. table. I think you Ring, guys, if you will. Uh, squared circle. You guys would probably like it then because they get into like how everyone was cast and even before that like how Sylvester Stallone wasn't even gonna be like 
they they thought when the studio execs basically signed off on it, they thought they had I forget who the actor was, but a, a legit leading man. And then it turned out no, the the guy that wrote Rocky wants to star in it. And these executives were like pulling out their hair. They're like, oh shit, this fucking guy is gonna be Rocky. They didn't like it. What really made Rocky resonate was that Sylvester Stallone was Rocky when he was young, before he got Hollywooded up and got super ripped and had all that plastic surgery. But yeah, Rocky one through four, at least it's been a long time since I've seen five. He still looked like a human being. At this point, he looks like he's wearing. He's trying to wear the face of Sylvester Stallone. But it's not working. Well, that's why it came all the way around in Rocky Balboa because he his face had had so much work done that it looked like a beat up leather bag in that movie, and he looked beaten down, like something horribly tragic happened I to that like, face. I feel like I am uber sensitive to plastic surgery because you've had so much of it. I feel like my plastic surgery and wig radar is so sensitive, incredibly sensitive. As soon as one little tweak is done to the face or the hair, I'm tipped and I can't go back. And Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, like I, and even Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can barely fucking look at these guys anymore because they just look like they're wearing Halloween masks of themselves. Just get old. Stop. I get it. You want to be young forever. You want to be fucking Rocky and Rambo on the prime of your life forever. But just grow old gracefully. There's plenty, plenty of old actors that carry, you know, such weight with them and such respect. Just go, go quietly into that good night. There's no aging gracefully in Hollywood. I feel like... As, as obvious as Sylvester Stallone's um, work on his face is, I feel like it's not as monstrous as most people make it out to be. I, you know, it's obvious, but at the same time, I don't think he looks like he's wearing a flesh mask. Um, it, he just looks a little plasticky. Just well, that, a little. Well, that's why I prefaced it with my plastic surgery radar maybe a little more sensitive than others because like I look at him and I'm like holy shit like it's even in the Creed trailer whenever he's on screen I'm like cut to Michael Jordan cut to Michael Jordan like he just looks like like oh when is this a horror movie what's happening (laughs) but that kind of fits along with a boxer that has taken monumental beatings like yeah, in the in the yeah. expendables yeah but he doesn't look like he's an old boxer he looks like an old super rich actor that's done everything he could to stay young i don't i don't agree with that i think in the movie rocky balboa he looked like an old beat up boxer i i totally bought it that's why i think that's the best movie since the original um because it felt real to me i really like the over the top nature of the fourth one it was it was like a comic book movie at that point it, it was, was so bananas it was that really far-fetched and, and such a a clear like evil villain like they talked about in this documentary how 
Carl Weathers, the actor that played Apollo Creed, what he was trying to bring to the role was create an antagonist without making him evil. So you wanted to kind of understand his, his, just his feelings, his struggles, his point of view, um, and you wanted to respect him, but still, he was still kind of the bad guy without being evil. And it was a balancing act, and I think a successful one. Then you, four movies later, you get to Drago, played by um, Swedish actor uh, Dolph Lundgren, and AKA The Punisher, the original Punisher. The original Punisher. So far the best one on screen. (laughs) (laughs) You might be right. I am right, I've seen them all. I don't know, I, I gotta go Thomas Jane. He wasn't the he best was the Punisher. Most enjoyable Punisher he was me. the best Punisher in that weird like internet short thing that they did. Yeah. I've never watched that. It's we'll watch it when we're done. It's really good. So, um anyway, by the time you get to that movie, he is such a, an evil man, an evil villain. Like he's out to kill people. Like how do it's a boxer. Usually there's not killing in boxing. He's like a robot. He's a robot. He in like they did everything to make him evil. At the time they made him the United States' worst enemy, made him a Soviet, and then you have him be a cheater on top of it, and a killer, and Married to Brigitte Nielsen. There you go. That is the quadfecta. Married to a man in the eighties, we'll have none of that. She was sexy in that movie. I I will say that. Sexy. Did you like her shoes? Uh, no. I don't, Maybe you'll I revisit that later. I can't recall her shoes. Once the house is quiet, and you're allowed to look peruse. Her name's Brigitte. Are you sure it's not big feet? Could be. She's like six That's foot. What you like? Four. Do you like that? Is, no, is big, big the feet better? a thing? No, it's just the tiny shoes. feet. No, it's just the shoes. And it's not even really like the real thing. Do you like when when the pointer toes like super big no i don't like the feet i'm telling you I, I like shoes i like the way that shoes look not feet shoes that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard i know i've never I'm, heard that before. in my weirdest old thing on this show or ever well because you haven't been listening to this show we haven't gotten this far without saying weirder shit there's okay pretty a sure i said people, i let bruce wayne fuck me in the ass last week a lot of people like feet like that's a that's a fetish for them right i think that's fairly common as far as like weirdo fetishy kind of things but then you get into like you like shoes i've never heard that i like, just like the way that they look i just like the design and style so Is you that don't, super you don't weird? so it does nothing for you sexually i like the aesthetic of it it's oh, cool come on. of course yeah. it does yeah no that i think i think that is that, that a shoe can be I sexual. Like, I yeah, like I the aesthetic the of, um, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, but it doesn't turn me on. That's different. Nice, nice play. No, I think that an, uh, a nicely crafted shoe is attractive. Uh-huh. It's not even the weirdest thing that I like. Like, calm down. Oh, what? It's not. It's not. It's not. It really isn't. But would, you, it, would you care to share with the listeners? Not on this show. I've done it on other shows, and I want to revisit it. But anyway, GearboxUnion.com. You can go there for all of their podcasting, and I don't know what else they do. They do a lot of 
A lot of promotion for those guys. Podcast, videos. They taught, they cover a lot of ground. A lot of subject matter. And they, it's... They do cover a lot of subject matter. And they called us out for being so specific. They mentioned that we're the comic book guys. Nerds, I think they called us. Well, it's in the title. The McSauce Comic Book Podcast. And I don't think that's a bad thing that we're, we have something that we do. We talk about comic books and films, TV, but all kind of centered around one world. It's a specific taste. If you go to a restaurant and you want a well-cooked steak dinner, you want it a certain way, you want You don't go to, you don't go to Gearbox anything house. You You go to the McSauce Steakhouse. You go to the McSauce Steakhouse and you want a medium rare steak with deliciously roasted potatoes. You want something specific, something for your taste, because but, you know that they'll do it well for you. But Gearbox, if you don't know what you want, and you want to take a trip to the old Gearbox buffet, then you have a plethora of things to choose from. You want Fallout? You got it. You want Kepic 421, whatever that weird new Earth planet is. You got it. You want weird mechanical technology that's going to be taken over the Earth in 10 years. You got it. Whatever you want. These guys are covering. You download Gearbox, you basically show up with a bowl, and you're like, put whatever in there. And then, I don't care. And then they throw done, a rug, they put some milk on it, and, and then, then you're done. And then when you're done, you put a little extra Gearbox in your purse so you can take it home with you. Who knows? Maybe, right. some, maybe somebody else will want some Gearbox everything, and they do everything. And but Gearbox we, puts out enough enjoyable content that you, you should take some home in your purse. Because somebody will like whatever. <laughs> but McSauce is for the the podcaster with a very specific taste, a highly trained podcasting palate. I like how you got so elitist all of a sudden. You, I you watched just a Tom, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I watched a Tom Cruise video. I watched Mission Impossible this weekend. I think I'm a Scientologist. I'm in. So. Housekeeping's done. Let's talk about what hey, we so actually. You saw you saw Mission Impossible Nine or whatever the fuck number they're on. You saw that this weekend, right? I did, and it was good. I liked it. It was an enjoyable. Tom does his own stunts on the side of an airplane, and he does. Scared. He does. You now, don't like his attitude, was but that, he was, was entertaining. That, was that part of the movie where he's scared out of his mind on the side of the plane? Man, it was the first <laughs> thing. <laughs> That That's happened. So funny. <laughs> it was the first thing that happened. It was. It's the first piece. It's even before. It's a pre-credit scene, uh-huh. so it's not even really the crux of the film. It's like the beginning of an Indiana Jones movie. It would kind of like the Boulder the Chase. Boulder Chase. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the main thing, but I, I feel like those movies are enjoyable, fun action thrillers. Simon Pegg was funny. Tom Cruise was exciting and dashing and not arrogant or condescending in the least bit. Wow, that's a hell of a piece of acting by Tom Cruise. Great actor. I think her name's Rebecca Ferguson. She's a new actress. I've never seen her in anything. She was kind of sexy. Let's see what she looks like. So, So you recommend it. Give it a number, why don't you? A six. I was entertained. A six, okay. I mean, it didn't... Blow me away. It was fun. I was happy that I went to the theater and spent my money and got some popcorn and had a fun time at the movies. I also went to the theater and I bought popcorn. What, Paul? 
I like Rebecca Ferguson. Do you? Very sexy English accent in this film. Let's see. Thick. I don't know if she was thick in this movie. The main thing that I take away... Juice. That's the wrong lady. What? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's funny. So... Ian, I also went to the theater. I got popcorn. I got my drink. I spent... Oh, this chick. <clears throat> this chick is the total opposite of... Not... Juicy. Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. Okay, they're the same. I was like, did I fuck that name up? Yeah, she's not juicy. She's pretty, though. Yeah, she's pretty. She's super white. I'm not into that kind of thing. <laughs> You're not into super white. Go ahead, Matt. I also went to the movies and I and I got popcorn and I got Coke, Coca Cola, and I got. Uh, okay, Nobody thinks that you got Coke, a Coke, Coke. And I got my movie ticket and you know after all that crap, what do you spend? Like almost twenty bucks, maybe more. Probably more. Yeah, probably more than twenty bucks to it, go see a movie. You know what I saw? Let me tell you, I saw Vacation. I want to call it National Lampoon's. Vacation remake, but that's not it. It's just Vacation with Ed Helms uh, playing Rusty Griswold as the new, the new breadwinner of his family, going and trying to recapture the glory that was the road trip from the original National Lampoon's Vacation, the road trip uh, from Chicago to uh, California to go visit Wally World. From where to California? Chicago. Chicago. I didn't know that that's where they started off. From. Yeah, so uh, Rusty still lives in Chicago with his family, married to Christina Applegate. Um, that's not her name in the movie. She doesn't play herself. She plays a different character. Um, and it it was good. And the reason why I bring it up, the, the way... Let me bring this back to comic books, because I don't want to deviate too far into, like, Gearbox territory. This is all... Like, centered around comic books. Because we do a specific thing aimed at a specific right. audience. I was starting to get, like, that that blinking red light, like, when you're playing a video game and you go off the map too far. It's like, get the fuck back into the battle zone. You know what I'm talking about. So, the writers of Vacation are the writers that are going to write the new Spider-Man film that Marvel and Sony are going to put out with uh, the newly cast... Um, Paul, help me out here. What's his name? What's his name there? Typey? Thomas Hammond. Butterfield? Holden? It's, no, that's the guy that didn't take it. Oh. Ace of it's, Butterfield. It's, it's, is it Thomas it's, something or other? Get, just keep going. That guy. So starts, he's going to play Spider-Man. Starts with an H. So, uh, Hubert? Hank? I'm going Holden. Holden? What is it? Henry? Hen- could be Henry. It's not Tom Henry. Isn't that a candy bar? Uh, I know it's a car dealership. Or is that a O. Henry? But anyway, so this was a pretty funny movie. It was raunchy, though. Uh, and and it's a different kind of humor than what we're going to get from Spider-Man. Like, this is more like what Deadpool would be like. A lot of F-words, uh, a lot of shit. And puke jokes. It was it was a lot raunchier than the original Vacation, which I felt was a strike against it. I felt like it relied on like crude and kind of like really lowbrow humor to be funny, which it was, but it wasn't as I feel clever 
as the original or originals. I mean, I lump European Vacation, which I don't think is as good, but then I think they rebounded with Christmas Vacation. Because in the trailer, isn't one of the things they're in a hot spring, but it's really just like sewage? That yeah, it's raw sewage. Around. They thought it was yeah. a hot spring, but it's just a pond of raw sewage. So they're rubbing like shit all over their bodies. And while it was kind of funny, it it just felt a bit inconsistent with the groundwork from the previous original films. And I was thinking, like, are they resorting to this because they're not clever enough to, to mimic what happened before? Because that's just what audiences find funny now. Like, you can't have an R-rated comedy unless it's just filled with, like, obscene humor. Um, I, I'm not really sure. I, I do think that the comedic timing was there, which gives me hope for Spider-Man. Um, but this was by no means the funniest movie I ever saw. I'd give it a a, a, a weak seven. Not not a strong seven, a weak seven. Weak seven is still pretty high. Yeah, seven's pretty high. Like, it, six is, like, I, entertaining. I will say this, though. Here's here's the, the interesting story of the, the film. I was a little irritated at the theater. Uh, there was a bitch in front of me. Uh, a female dog, if you will. A, uh, or a cunt. Oh my goodness, but yeah, she was. She was very much... Bringing it down to vacation level humor. That's right. If it was Vacation 1, the original National Lampoons, she was a bitch. Vacation 2015, Paul, what was she? See you next Tuesday. That's right. So, here's why she was that. She was... Right when the movie started, you remember how the original starts with that montage and they show all of, like the family photos of like vacations and stuff. The original? Yeah, you never saw it. Really? The only one I've seen is Christmas Vacation, and I'm not a fan. It's okay. I think you need to see Vacation, Vacation. You need to see. The you would probably one. like Vacation better than Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. Isn't there a third one? There's Las well, Vegas. Your European vacation was the second one. Christmas was the third one. And they're all with Chevy Chase. They're yes. all with Chevy Chase. But they switch out they the switch rusty out the character. Kids, but the wife is the same. The wife the and three. Chevy Chase are the same in all of them. And and Ethan Embry is the kid in one of them. In Vegas vacation, know. yeah. That's the fourth one. And that's kind of like almost not even like considered a part of so because it was done I like don't want this to be the fucking vacation podcast but it's vacation yeah European vacation yeah Christmas vacation yeah. Las Vegas vacation yeah and then vacation some weird like straight to video yeah movie. The, whatever this don't count Those and are then my... Ed Helms vacation correct so but Ed Helms vacation is canon correct direct to video is not correct at least I think so. So anyway, bitch sitting in front of me. Credits start rolling. She pulls out her fucking phone. And it is set to the brightest level. Brighter than the sun itself. And she's away, like on her little white screen, texting away. I'm like, all right, bitch, hurry up with your fucking text. I can see it's already on two lines. Like, I, you know, an LOL would be like sufficient, right? So she's like on two lines. Then I see she goes to a third line. She's typing away, like furiously. She stops, then goes to her contacts. 
creates a new fucking contact, then goes back to her text, continues to text. Oh, gotta edit in. She goes back within the paragraph. You can tell I'm not paying any attention to the movie. I'm just like, like seething with anger, looking at this bitch like on her phone, like being 1000% inconsiderate. Like, like, I have to think that she just didn't know that that was not cool. How could she not? Don't they run all those ads beforehand? Like, hey, because I fucking feel like, put your phone on movie I mode. I feel like this bitch was one, like, 100% in her own world of, of, like, selfishness. She is completely about herself. And, like, she's the kind of bitch that if there was a dying man on the street, she would be fucking on her phone, thumbing through contacts or texting somebody and step over this dying person. Oh, my God, Becky. This guy's, like, dying right here. No, she wouldn't even know he Gross, was there. LOL. <laughs> she wouldn't even know he was there. I so, think he's seizing. So... So I was like, holy shit. She, she had a paragraph. I don't know how many lines. I'm going to say it was like two inches like tall. Can you believe this text. guy's watching me type this entire text from behind me? What a fucking creep. So, so the movie, she finally puts her fucking phone away. And she had a boyfriend with her. Otherwise, I would have been like, bitch, put your phone away. But, but her boyfriend, like I was trying to size that's, him up. That's so anti-feminism. They so, need to be treated like equals. You should have confronted her, whether she had a male protector or not. Well, I wasn't sure if he was, like, first of all, I was trying to tell, is he the kind of guy that would, like, jump up and beat the shit out of me? Is he, like, kind of, because you can kind of tell by looking at somebody. Yeah, but you don't know if she knew karate. She could just jump hey, up hey, and hey, hack her neck. Hey, 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 that's true. What did she know? Uh, karate. Karate. I didn't know that, but I think it's you're you're more likely to be physically accosted by a guy, especially one that's there to protect the the sanctity and the honor of his date that he's hoping to get a handy from at the end of the night in the car after the movie when they're like, wasn't that a funny movie? And then she jerks him off. Uh, see, um, I'd go to, I'd go Roadhead on like, the way home. in the car on the way home. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so she puts the phone away. And I'm like, before that, I was looking at the guy and I'm like, first of all, everyone's bigger than me, right? But like, still, is he that much bigger than me? But like, not everyone's as dense as you are. Not everyone's as dense. That, aka fat. But that's... That is not what I meant. That was a compliment. Oh, thanks. So you're not. You're a stout gentleman. <laughs> You're what? thick, baby boy. Thank you. That is a compliment. <laughs> it is. Oh, thanks. You hear that, ladies? So, um... Muscle density. Oh. Anyway. Totally had her... Halfway through, halfway through the movie, she needs to check and see if her paragraph has been responded to. So she gets out... She it's like, good news. Your book has been approved for print. <laughs> <laughs> She's digging through her purse. And she pulls out her phone again. Again, brighter than the sun itself. Brighter than two suns. I was like, oh my God. Like, and I go, I go, Jesus Christ. And the girl that was sitting next to me, she like starts laughing. She's like, I know. So <laughs> I know, right? So 
she couldn't take a hint. And then I start doing the passive aggressive thing. I start like kind of kicking the back of her chair, and I'm like, like grow <clears throat> a little bit, yeah, because I'm like, your phone's too bright. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, if she turns around, I don't think and we've says, ever said that twice on one podcast. Quit, before. quit kicking my chair. I can say, well, please put your phone away then. Right. And she then never John turns Cena around. turns around and snaps. That's your what back. I was afraid of. Because I was looking, how high does his head come up to the back of the chair? And then I felt the back of the chair to where mine comes up, and it was fucking level. And I'm like, this guy's at least a foot taller than me. I don't want that kind of trouble right now. I'm here by myself. Like, I'm going to get creamed if I do anything. So, But I was so angry. I was like, how can you be so dumb? So she responds to this text halfway through. She decides, no, it's time for a picture. Oh, <laughs> fuck yes. So she turns her goddamn camera on, and it was turned to selfie. You like, got no kidding Of me, course it was. And that's I, the default. And that's when I could see her fat fucking face. Tell me you photobombed her. Yeah, with my dick. Oh, fuck, would that have been genius? No, no, no. So it was it was just set to default that way. She wanted a picture of the screen. So now she's committing fucking Felony. crimes. Felonies in the theater. So she's taking a picture of it. Then she goes to Facebook and oh. posts this picture on Facebook. Then goes back to her text and finishes her text and then puts her phone away for the rest of the movie. And mind you, as soon as the credits started fucking rolling at the very end of the movie, that phone was out and in oh, her hand. She better was believe it. Shit. Like, she needs to see what people think of her being at vacation on Saturday night. So who's crazier, this chick or Matt? Because I'm 50-50 right now. I need someone to sway the vote. <laughs> Someone so obsessive with someone else's texting, or someone it so was, obsessed with their own texting. I, Dude, it was I don't know. Crazy I honestly don't know because he has it down. It's what like, she did. It's in 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 a phrase Matt will understand. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? I couldn't pay attention to the movie. I really couldn't. Like you're trying to he watch, still, and then there's this like eyesore right down here. It did taint my experience, and that's why I rated it as low as it. Yeah, I used the word. You gave taint. what's it? You gave it a seven, which I think for that's what you described, seven is was super good. high. Like that's yeah. really I, high. I laughed. I mean, I laughed during the movie. It just wasn't the. It wasn't exactly what I wish it was. I wish it was a little. I'm trying smarter. to think of other movies that we gave a seven. Dark World. I gave, well, we gave a it a 15. Seven. Yeah, you gave it a 35. Come on now. No, in all seriousness, what have we Could given you a 7? imagine? Like, didn't we give, like, Guardians or something? Like, that was really good. A 7's really high for a vacation. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you think when you saw it, Paul? I didn't see it because uh, I have no desire to see it. We're only going by what you just said, which was I said sort it was of really not all that positive. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put it... I'm trying to like keep the context uh, in mind whenever I give it a score because that that girl really did kind of like right. sour the experience a bit. Like it was really fucking obnoxious. How about this? Would you want to see another vacation movie filmed with this crew, with this writer, with this director? I would, but I wish. I don't that... know because I was too busy creeping on some chick the whole time. <laughs> 
Oh, and when they, when they finally stood up and I looked at the boyfriend, he was taller than me, but I think he was skinnier than me. And Dang I thought, right. a little bit. And, and he had a really big nose, by the way, and I thought, I bet I could break Jewish. that thing. It was like one of those very hooky, <laughs> prominent, like th- like one shot. That thing could break easily, like, like, like fine china, and that thing is going to break. What a experience. So anyway, I think these guys could probably pull off Spider-Man pretty well. I th- like I said, I think their timing is down, but they have to be able to, I think, be a little more creative with the style of jokes. Not only that, but I think in very short order, Deadpool is going to reestablish the bar for comedy in a superhero movie. And being that he's kind of a similar character to a Spider-Man in terms of the jokes, Marvel's going to have to be pretty creative, I think. To keep up the comedy? Yeah. The comedy game's already pretty tight. So these vacation dudes are going to have to step it up to keep up with the likes of Ultron and Ant-Man. To keep the laugh train rolling. Yeah, maybe. I'm not worried about it. Guys are versatile. What? Guys, directors, writers, they're versatile. They can do different kind of things. Sure they can. Right. And that next Spider-Man movie, so far away, it's not even registering on my radar yet. And I can't find what the fuck the new kid's name is. Mainly because I haven't looked that hard. Not really all the concern. It's... I think I... I think it starts with an H. I think that... As I was telling the story, you were like, I don't even care anymore. I gotta hear the rest of this. I, yeah, yeah. I was more interested in your movie theater story than I am about the next Spider-Man movie. I feel like every time I go to the theater, it is some kind of adventure. At some point, you need to start looking at the variables and saying... Is it me? Is it me? Well... I was there, and I didn't make any extra noise. My phone stayed in my pocket, and I was quiet and kept to myself. There were other people that were breaking the rules, breaking the law, and doing obnoxious things to annoy others. Yes, I am the constant in the equation, but I really don't think that I am at fault for having created a negative experience. The new Spider-Man's name is Tom Holland. Holland! Holland! So we were close. Like Alec Holland. Of Swamp Thing fame. Do you guys want to talk about some comic book artists? Why don't or do we... you guys want to dish a little gambit? We'll do gambit first. Stay in the, movie, in the, in the world of movies. Since we're already in the theaters. So... Oh, and let's just say, <clears throat> Paul... I believe it was you that suggested people like this girl should be beheaded after the movie for committing, for perpetrating such a crime. And we didn't even talk about what if you take pictures of the screen itself and post them to social media Which during is the movie. Yeah. Like, that's a crime in real life. Well, how much bigger of a crime, like, how much bigger of a punishment is there than, like, public beheading? Could we kill her boyfriend, too? Why are we public beheading in the first place just from using their phone? Yes. Or talking in the theater? Just bad overall theater theater etiquette. etiquette. Singing along. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like, that reminds me of my worst experience when we went to see Guardians, and I had this fuck nut behind me. (laughs) 
making comments about during I knew I was in for a ride when <clears throat> the opening credits he was commenting on every like, oh Batista I motherfucker I like him and ah oh, I've seen Parks and Rec before this is gonna be great like shut heard, the fuck there, uh, when that was happening I heard some commotion like very subtle commotion down to my right yeah I was like I'm glad there's like three people between me and Ian I was in I that don't need to hear this row as well you were, but you were like two people down on my other side. So you're, you were even further away. Yeah, I I didn't experience one, like, tiny little pin drop. McSauce rolled deep it was, for Guardians. It was me and McSauce fans Adrian and Teresa sitting next to me. And on my other side, my wife was sitting there too. And they all heard the singing... No laughing. Was it Tracy that turned around and actually said something? No one said anything because this is what would happen. It would be a flurry of conversation. And then they would stop for like 20 minutes. And you would think, oh, okay, we're watching the movie again. And then a quick flurry of singing because Guardians is a fun movie with a lot of songs that you can sing along to, apparently. So that would happen. And I'm like, motherfucker, what? what's happening now? I'll bet when you heard that the Guardians sequel is going to be called, like, Crazy Mix Volume 2 or whatever, which means more, like, music that already exists that we can have boners over for about tunes that existed 30 years ago. AM radio of the 70s. Right. It's like, oh my god, this is the greatest soundtrack ever. Yeah, those are songs that have existed since before you were born, bitch. Lot of bitch coming out of your mouth today. Just saying. Fans of McSauce, bitch count on Matt Sal. <laughs> that could be a drinking game. Note that between the two of us, Ian and I only said see you next Tuesday twice. I did not say that word at all. It's harsh. It is harsh. I so think it has German origins. Over the last week, we got word that Channing Tatum's dropping out of Gambit. I hadn't even heard that. It was so fucking fast. I think it was, it was Thursday, last week. Channing Tatum's dropping out of Gambit. Oh. <clears throat> but then this morning, Channing Tatum's back in. They got the contracts worked out. Who the fuck wants a Gambit movie? You know who does? Channing Tatum. Fans, I don't think... I don't think the most diehard of X-Men fans want a Gambit movie. This is 15 years later than it should be. Right. This is Channing Tatum's favorite X-Men is Gambit. Mm -hmm. And Channing Tatum has the star power. He has the clout to go to Fox and say, hey, this is what I want to do. You have this universe. I want to be Gambit. Let's do it. And Fox is like, you know how much money we can pull in with Channing Tatum in the prime of his career? Let's do this Gambit movie. But who really wants to see a Gambit movie? Nobody. No no one, right? Nobody. Ian, tell us. Who wants to see a is Gambit it, movie? Is it going to be a Gambit movie, or is he going to be one of the X-Men? Gambit might be Both. the least. Gonna be, he's going to get his own solo feature, and he's also going to be hes reportedly supposed to play a role... And Apocalypse, and then future movies after that. All right, so let me get this straight. This is Fox's attempt at kind of setting the stage for the inevitable replacement of Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's their big cash cow. 
he's the reason that people like the X-Men movies, and he's the one guy that gets the spin-offs, all that stuff. He's going to quit soon, probably, as being Wolverine. That, he's always talking about, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do it again. So when he's gone, they need a successor. Channing Tatum, he's got the star power, uh, and I guess maybe Gambit is the character that they feel can can carry a movie after that. I I, I think they're putting. I don't know if this is their route to replacing Hugh Jackman though as like the central figure of the X Men universe. Do I think, you feel that that's necessary? I think one day you'll have to replace Wolverine. You'll have to cast a new. And character. you think. Channing Tatum as Gambit is the answer? No, I'm disagreeing with that. I don't think that at all. I think that Channing Tatum's vocal want to be Gambit, as well as the box office returns for you know, 22 Jump Street, Magic Mike, the kind of films that he's in and his crossover appeal, had Fox consider and go forward and green light plans to do Gambit. But I don't think it's really like, all right, well, this is the next guy in line. I kind of feel like it could be that. But maybe it's not. If this were 1997, yes. Like, Gambit's star was no brighter than that. Right. This movie, like we said, it's 15 years too late. Right. You know, this is trying to to ride the the trench coattails, if you will, of a character that was popular in the mid-90s and who has since just fallen off the map. I mean, he in the comics, does he even have a, a part in the comics? I don't know what he's doing. I don't he, know if he's on any X team or anything. What does he look like, like anymore? Like, he had such an iconic look back then, but that look is very 90s. I don't know if you can translate that to today's fashions. You know what I mean? The trench coat, the weird headpiece, the the kind of spiky, cool hair, and I think the the like if you're going to do that, the movie to do that in would be maybe the next X Men movie because the X Men movies are falling following along on decades. You have X Men First Class in the '60s, Days of Future Past in the '70s, Apocalypse in the '80s. When you hit the '90s movie, whatever that may be bring Gambit in and his 90s-ness will fit in with that era. But I don't think you can do a current day Gambit because you're right. What does Gambit look like now? I don't know, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. He still looks like old Gambit now. Trench coat. Do you you know this? Have have you seen him lately? Every time I see pictures of him, that's the only Gambit I see. Because they're all... I don't see any other Gambit. Because they're all pulling the picture. It's like Jim Lee, Adam Kubert art from the nineties. I mean, there isn't there isn't any current Gambit artwork that exists because he's not in any books. Like, he, he was just such isn't. a cool character on the cartoon show, though, wasn't he? Remember I didn't, that? I, see, I don't like Gambit. I never liked Gambit. He's oh, one of my man, least favorite characters. Do you so remember? Rated. Do you remember the the Marvel like year review magazine that they used to come out with? Mm-hmm. And they would have like the best dressed and the best hair. Do you remember this? I do remember this. Yeah, uh, and I, I think it was 1991's issue. It was. I think they said it was the sexiest man, and it was Gambit. <laughs> like I don't begrudge him being popular and people liking him. I just didn't. I mean, I could name a, almost every single other <laughs> X Men character okay, okay. from the X- Uncanny X Men roster, I, and I liked them better. I like Banshee better. I like Forge better. I did not than see Gambit. 
very many episodes of the cartoon show. It was not... It, I didn't love it the way other people loved it. I do love that song. But I I really, really love the the um the two part uh like kickoff to the series, the the Night of the Sentinels. And and when we're first introduced to Gambit in that, I, I fell in love with that character, just seeing him in action, hearing the way that he talked. Was that the first time that you saw him or was that the first time that you really like well, liked him? No, no, no. I, I actually I really liked him when I saw him on the cover of um, X Men number one. On Did you like the way day. he centrally called you Malfoy? That I liked too. Too bad he wasn't in our in our game from last week. Oh, MFK. Well, that's a challenge to the fans. Give us another fuck Mary kill, but one of them has to be Gambit. Ian would kill him. We don't I know that yet. Let's oh, no, no. Out. I totally would. I hate Gambit. Let's find out who the other applicants are. I've thrown... In the comic strip, I've thrown Gambit in the fiery no. trash can because no. I fucking <laughs> hate him. Are there, That's true. Are there other, uh, other questions that fans have asked us recently that we can answer? There are other questions. We got a pretty... We thought an in-depth question last week when we sent um, we sent the call out to fans for a couple of uh, email bag questions and one of the questions we got was do we feel that the term comic book artist is a slight slash insult to the individuals that produce really good work should it be looked upon as contemporary art instead of being specifically categorized as quote unquote comic book art and also, would we consider the really great pieces of art in graphic novels and comics as fine art instead of just comic book art? And who sent this great question along? Our good buddy Justin, who's been on the show before. A friend of ours for a long time. Uh, probably more intelligent in a lot of ways than me and you, Ian. But That's not, not... Not Tom Cruise on the other side of the table there. Captain Condescension. But uh, Justin knows our, our wheelhouse. He knows that uh, we've been weaned on comic books. So which one of you would like to begin? Should, or should comic book artists still be looked at as comic book artists in the face of how prominent of a place they have in mainstream media? Do I guess that all depends on do you feel that the term comic book artist is a slight because... I've never felt that way. I've always held comic book artists in the highest regard for the type of work that they put out, the fact that they're not just creating artwork, but they're also telling a story. So they're sort of serving dual right. roles. <clears throat> Let's look at it. Wait, well, is that <laughs> not the answer that you want? <laughs> that's yeah, that's fine. But that's the, that's the comic book fanboy answer but true but that's also that's also the artist answer right but how many times have you been out at a party with the in-laws or out with other people and they're like what do you do and you proudly pull on your suspenders and say drop comic strip now granted and then they said like never because then they're like well, how do you pay the bills? So like, oh, I have like a real job where I make money. I do this on the side. Yeah, but there's there's a 
the point I'm trying to make is there's a big difference from, like, I make movies and, oh, I draw Spider-Man. I see. And like, maybe us, it's just like, me, but I think that. Well, this this even happened. This even happened yesterday at, at, at my hockey game. Myself and my buddy Chris were talking about the Rob Liefeld incident, and it another guy, famous. much like the spaghetti incident. <laughs> Chris is well versed in Rob Liefeld, who he is, what he does, but we have another guy on the team who was listening into the two of us talk, and he goes. And I, I had gone over the, you know, Rob Liefeld owes us this, and we expected this from him, and he's been dragging his heels, and this other guy's like, who's Rob Liefeld? And Chris and I go, oh, he's a comic book artist, you know, he did a lot of X-Men stuff, and this guy's just like, oh. And he goes back to lacing his skates, like, we weren't even talking. So, like, yeah, to us, if someone's, like, someone, oh... You have a fucking original Ethan Van Skyver sketch in your dining room. That's amazing. But most people, I'm going to be like, oh, Ethan Van Skyver sketch. Who the fuck is that? That just plays to their ignorance of the medium. It doesn't mean that even if you tell somebody that, oh, I'm a showrunner on this TV show. They're like, oh, what does that even mean? I don't even know. Whatever. I mean, it, it just... I, I don't know. I mean... So you think it's a person-by-person person instance? Because for some people, you say showrunner, and you're like, oh, fuck, showrunner. Like, that's incredible. That would be awesome, but I think your everyday person, this dude lacing up his skates, wouldn't know, understand, or care what that is. Or if... But I... <laughs> comic book artist slash, you know, Scott Gimple showrunner of The Walking Dead like those are two there's a gulf between those two okay what would be a closer comparison Matt do you have anything to add you're awfully quiet over there just I'll okay (laughs) oh can't wait well I mean what are we comparing comic book artists to are like it's not going to be the same thing as Oh, I'm I'm a movie star or I'm a professional athlete. I think in the realm of art, which is what they would be considered, um, I think that especially nowadays, with the way that comic books are viewed by the general public as something that's cool, the foundation of all the movies and TV that they watch and love, and these heroes that they see all the time uh, at the toy store or you know at fucking Subway on cups you see guardians of the galaxy and shit like that the comic book artists are the 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 foundation of all that or or not i mean no they are they are to an extent and and in a limited capacity they are like no one's gonna look at the subway cup from guardians of the galaxy and be like oh that's inspired from paul pletcher they're going to be like, oh, it's Chris Pratt. Like, no one knows where... People don't know that the Guardians no one knows were a Marvel property? Yeah, they don't know, know that it's a Marvel thing? Yeah, it's some, it's some it's Marvel, Marvel comic. But no People one know knows Marvel equals Who comics? made them famous again? No one knows why Marvel was comfortable Not putting Guardians out on the block. Not specifically, but when you say, oh, I'm a comic book artist, I think that people 
say, oh, that's pretty cool. They don't say, ugh, ugh. That's disgusting. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You're yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's an absolute departure from the '60s when artists had to hide their main work from Marvel and DC and be like, "Oh, I'm working advertising for J.C. Penny." I think that comic book artist is as cool as it's probably. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe in the 90s, it was at its height. I've never of... seen Ivan Reyes in a jeans ad. Yes. For that, DoorDash. That's why I just went back because I Look saw... Look at these lady jeans. That's, that's why I went back. In the 90s, it was probably at its height. And now it's probably as close to that as it's going to be. But what do we want comic book artists to be or mean? Or do we want it to be on the same level as professional athlete or movie star like i don't think it'll ever be that way <laughs> oh no it'll never be that way except for todd mcfarlane he was a movie star he was in spawn the movie and as a professional a athlete yes and a professional athlete at a very low level baseball player hurt his knee right hurt his knee i don't know what he hurt but was he really a professional athlete? Minor, minor league baseball player he got paid so his job was playing baseball i believe so all right. I will allow it. I think if you take a... I have this, this scenario in my head. There's a party. And a lot of people don't know one another at the party. And, and comic book artist is at the party. And he tells somebody... Oh, somebody says, well, what do you do? And he says, oh, I draw uh, comics, comic books for Marvel. People are going to be impressed by that. They're going to be like, holy shit, that's really cool. Even if they've never read a comic book in their life. And the reason for that is not because Marvel Comics have beautiful artwork. It's because Marvel Comics are associated with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Pratt and uh, Thor. And the chicks swoon over Thor. That kind of thing. That's why... It would be cool to people that aren't in the know with comic books. I think as an art form in and of itself, I think that it is very highly respected. I think that when people see it, they, they as an art form, understand it. They understand what it is. Ian, like you said, it's also a form of storytelling. It's not just drawing a cool picture. It's telling a story with pictures. You know, as, as beautiful as a Bob Ross original might be, there's not really a story there. It's just a really cool picture. Um, but with comic books, there's, there's like a sub-level of art to it. Um, I think that, uh, that, you know, there's a reason why there are exhibits in, in museums and stuff. I mean, I visited it myself a couple times, the Alex Ross exhibit that was here in Pittsburgh at the Warhol Museum. Um, that was treated, I mean, I granted, I, I run in comic book circles, as you guys know, all throughout town. But there is... Sometimes I love him to death. And other times, I hate him with the fire of a thousand suns. 
That was a moment where I loved him. Yeah, because right was, now is an example of when I loved him. Today. What what maybe new listeners might not. There was like a thin level of condescension, as if we don't also do almost the same thing. Like we're total outsiders, even though we do the same thing. But uh, I know. I, Running comics. As you might know, like, if you are paying attention. Continue. You guys gave that Mr. way more Cruz. play. You gave that way more play than it deserved. I wasn't trying to be that funny. It just, just comes naturally. So, I know more people that went to that museum to look at that exhibit that, that, not, that are not even necessarily comic book fans, but they... They've seen Alex Ross's artwork before. They just kind of know of him. Like, like I, I, people at work kind of know his work. They saw it written in, like, the city paper. And they're like, whoa, I want to go check that exhibit out. Really? Yeah, man. Do they know it because they work with us? Or because, I like, think they, they, it's just they, a recognizable name? I think they know it because peripherally, Alex Ross or maybe some of the other elite comic book artists have kind of bled a little bit more into like pop culture mainstream like an Alex Ross maybe a Jim Lee maybe a McFarlane something like that um and when they see that that's intriguing to them like you know they don't they don't read in the in the paper like holy shit there's a fucking exhibit on things made out of aluminum I need to go see that no when they see like a world-class painter painting Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, they want to go fucking check that out. Well, part of that is the recognizable subject matter, not just sure. But it's but isn't that part and parcel of being a comic book artist? That's the that's the medium that you're working in. Those are the stories you're telling with those I, characters. I think it's understood that it's a different medium. It, it's not it, because it's a different medium. It's treated differently. It's looked at differently. I don't think there's any necessarily more or less amount of respect given to it uh it, it's just acknowledged that it's a different thing i don't i don't really think there is a negative connotation from like your average person when they hear you're a comic book artist you're a lesser artist you're just different than an oil painter or a sculptor should a comic book artist be held in different scales because you get someone like Alex Ross who does the majority of the work all by himself and then you get other comic book artists who do the pencils and then someone puts inks on top of that and then someone finishes out with colors no I don't think so I think uh, a lot of these guys that do let's say the pencils for example probably could ink it themselves they could probably uh, color it themselves. These are artists. Th this is just, you know, they're they're tasked with a job to do. Their job isn't to make the most amazing art by themselves. Their job is to get a fucking comic book out in 30 days. And that's the distinction that I think that does need to be made, whereas a cover artist or somebody that strictly works and just only does covers, in my mind, is a little bit different than somebody that's on the grind that produces high quality work every month. That's on a book, does that book, hits their deadlines, and sure. it looks great. As opposed to just a cover artist that does stuff. And that's great. Cover artists are awesome. They're they're awesome artists. But it's not the same. I, I appreciate 
a week in, week out, month in, month out, regular artist. Who's making weekly comic books, Ian? Um, DC does it. DC does make weekly comic books. Um, But not one guy. No No, one artist is doing a week. I I, I was the closest is John Romita Jr., right? I appreciate the monthly artist. That sloppy-ass John Romita Jr. I was really Uh, offended by IGN's review of Superman number 42 because... What, what's, Since, the, what's the relevance of Superman 42 to John Romita John Romita Jr. Jr. is the artist on it. Oh, okay. Since he got on Superman with Jeff Johns issues ago, I've been really critical. I've been really hard on him. Yeah. So issue 42 comes out, and I read it. I was really happy with the entire thing. Gene Yang's scripts, you know, the dialogue, artwork, all the way through. Did you like 41 as well? Which kicked off yeah, the current storyline. Okay. I did. So then uh, I was short things to read. So I looked up IGN. I don't normally read IGN because I feel they're really heavy-handed one way or the other. I don't think they give a straight review of what what they're reviewing. So they do um, they do 42 and I'm like, "All right." They hated it. Everything about it. I'm like, this is everything I liked about this issue. Yeah. And they get, you know, they come down pretty hard on Ramita Jr. and um, Klaus Johansson, the anchor. And I think this was some other... I I, I feel like they found their groove with each other, Mm -hmm. with this character and the story they're telling on this book. And in a lot of ways, it's like a new TV show. Where... The pilot's going to be rough. Maybe episodes two and three are going to be rough. But by the time you really get into a groove with the story, with the timing of the issues, where you need to go, you know, planning out the artwork, you really settle in somewhere. And, like, now I feel like they've really settled in where everything is at a really good quality. But other reviewers just shit all over the thing. So What did they give it? Do you remember? They do their their reviews on a 10-point scale. Do you read a lot of comic book reviews? No, I normally read other stuff. But since I didn't have anything else to read because it's the dog days of the hockey season, I was forced to read some random reviews while I was eating my honey bunches of oats. Yeah, I don't really go to IGN. Uh, The only reviews that I really go with are the uh the iFanboy has a podcast which I listen to and it's more of a recommendation than review. I mean they do review it, but I go there to hear about maybe some things that I overlooked, some rare things that I might not pick up on and you know, find new you know, maybe diamonds in the rough from what they like. Matt, what do you think? About what? Do you read comic book reviews? I know that you've sworn off IGN even though you are currently on IGN. I'm trying to find what what they reviewed um, Superman 42, but I I can't seem to find it. But um, I don't typically read comic reviews. Uh, If I do read them, sadly, it's on IGN just because that's where I happen to be. Um, 
because usually that's where I go for video game news because sadly there's not a whole lot of quality news out there because I feel like IGN has kind of swallowed the industry a little bit, monopolized it, um, which is kind of sad because there used to be another website called GameSpot, which was pretty good, but then they kind of like self-sabotage themselves. They're still around, but I feel like they're a shell of what they used to be. But anyway, um, no, I, I feel like there are things in video games that are quantifiable. There are, there are actual tangible reasons why a video game might be good or broken or, you know, busted, not good, whatever. Something like a comic book, it, it's much more opinion-based. And a movie, but even a movie, I feel like you can make a stronger case for like, these are the reasons why this movie was not good. But with a comic book, I feel like when you read something, there's so much interpretation that can happen with the reader. Um, you know, there's so many different like tastes when it comes to liking different artwork and stuff. Like some people love Alex and leave the people sitting at this table, not fans, that kind of thing. So comic book artwork and writing is way more personal because it comes from yeah. generally two people right. or maybe even one person. That's Whereas true. a movie is such a collaborative, you know, kind of thing where it's so many different voices where when you're just talking about a comic book, it might just be one dude telling one story that he feels strongly about. Right. He or she, sorry. And the artist is along for the ride. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just too close to art and comic book art specifically to ever look at it negatively or as a bad thing. To me, being a comic book artist is I'm since I was 10 years old, that's what I wanted to be. That's what I'd love to say that I was a comic book artist. When I talk to people and they say, what do you do? That's not what I go with. That's what I do and love the most. <clears throat> That's not what I get paid for. So I don't say that. Yeah, I'd love to say that. But it is what you do. You do that stuff. Do you ever introduce yourself when they say, hey there, handsome young man, what do you do? This is our first meeting. Well, normally they say... I'm an astronaut. Normally they say... Look at that head of hair on you. It's fantastic. They say, you cut, in, say, front of, hey. you cut in front of me in line here I at say, the bar. Hey. Eyes down here, lady. Um, it, it depends on the audience. You know, some, like sometimes I will lead with you know, really? like the webcomic and the podcast because this is what I'm really proud of and this is what I really want to do. But other times, you know, I... You know, read the situation, and yeah, graphic designer. But what's nice about graphic designer is that it's pretty nebulous. So that, you know, if I want, I can take it from graphic designer. Oh, I do a, pod, I do a web comic about fucking minions and their dead eye sockets. Man, you really hate minions. I hate minions. Or the podcast. So, yeah. Matt? Well, um, I want to. What do you do... tell people? What do you do? I play video games. And then I go on IGN. 
And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Go to the movies, get pissed off. (laughs) What's your job, Matt? Hating bitches. Uh, I probably tell them I'm a graphic designer. I would say that that's what I do. I think maybe if you hit it off with somebody, you know, you like have a nice little rapport going, that's when you can pull out, oh, you like comic books? You like nerdy stuff? Well, I do a podcast and, you know, I like to draw superheroes and shit. You gotta read the lay of the land. Yeah, it's always a, it it really depends because... You think that's what Alex Ross does? No, I don't think that's what You Alex think Ale- in certain circles, Alex Ross says, I'm a painter. And at other times he says, I'm a comic book artist. <clears throat> Is that what we should start doing? To, to rebrand ourselves? I'll see, like, I think a, a, a good example is probably Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes can write his own ticket. I mean, that dude can do whatever he wants. But he's 100% a comic book artist. Right. Absolutely. We're in a nebulous kind of gray area of... So so you think Alex... Or do you think Adam Hughes leads with, I draw the best thick ladies next to Frank Cho? <laughs> or do you think he's like, oh, I'm, I'm an artist. Oh, what do you art? Well, tits and butt. I art titties. <laughs> <laughs> Now, these are all bad examples because these are people that have found success and get paid to do the what they love. <laughs> right, well, and we have not done well, either well, one well, of Rob Liefeld. He has found success. He was in a jeans commercial. As oh, we Rob, nice before. to meet you. What do you do? He's a Jordash. jeans model. Levi's. I do Jordash. <laughs> Levi's. What about Bernard Chen? He is a comic book artist that gets paid as such. Also was on the series Face oh, Off as a comic book really? artist. Yeah, they had, you would have loved Bernard it. Chang or Cliff Chang? Er, Bernard, uh, Cliff Chang, Cliff Chang. Wonder Woman of Wonder Woman. Bernard Chang of, not Wonder Woman, ah. of currently uh, Green Lantern Lost Army. Well, he's on Green Lantern Lost Army, so. He's getting paid to do that. That's that's where the distinction so what, lies. So where does... Is we don't get paid to do this, so it's hard to say that that's what we do. Matt, do you have a good example of a comic book artist that would lie about what he does? Because it's unseemly. Um... No, just us. Just us? I think the the... When you can say, I make a living making comic books, that's, then you can say, yeah. That's what you do. When it's a hobby, guilty. You know, that's. Yeah. That's. Maybe you don't lead with that. The second that I could. Pay Why my- are we not talking fucking horror stuff tonight, by the way? This is the perfect it's night for it. Super spooky outside. I hope the electricity goes out. The second that I could pay my bills from McSauce, paraphernalia, the money that we bring in from going to conventions, donations, whatever the fuck, then I would yell it from the rooftops and the mountains that I'm a fucking comic book or web comic artist or podcaster. You would spend all the money you made getting to the top of the mountains just to yell... 
Yes, yes. This is what I made. Yeah, yeah, I'd love I to do, do this. <laughs> I can't get down. Absolutely no shame. Can anybody give me a lift? Start a Kickstarter to get me down from the mountain. We're going to wrap it there tonight. Thanks to everyone for listening. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casale. We'll see you next time. I just invited Lee to your house next Friday for the podcast. I think you'll be happy with that. God damn it.